brings the greatest joys. Visit Finley's Subaru of Las Vegas and let your greatest adventures begin. SubaruofLasVegas.com Steve Sisolak's tenure as governor is riddled with corruption. Sisolak allowed a COVID testing company tied to one of his campaign donors to skip the waiting line for a license, and the Sisolak administration strongly supported local officials hiring his out-of-state friends. Tragically, the test had a 96% failure rate. Healthcare experts were ignored by public officials, and the results were, quote, absolute mayhem and catastrophic. When lives were on the line, Sisolak was silent. In fact, when a formal complaint was filed, it went unanswered for days. Finally, when it was answered, the state told the company they could continue providing fraudulent tests. It took a news investigation to expose this as one of the biggest scandals in Nevada history. Now, Sisolak is facing a federal investigation. Unthinkable corruption. Nevada can do better than Steve Sisolak. Paid for by and authorized by Better Nevada PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate committee. Raider Nation has found its new home for daily Raiders content. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, part of the Las Vegas Sports Network, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. It's only Wednesday. We still got to get the injury report from Thursday and Friday, and then we'll find out on Sunday who's in, who's out. But I'll tell you right now, the Raiders have a very lengthy injury report for Wednesday. Guys that did not participate, Hunter Renfro dealing with a concussion, Denzel Perriman dealing with the ankle injury. Bilal Nichols dealing with the shoulder injury. Trayvon Merrick dealing with the hip injury. Chandler Jones had a, a rest day, so he didn't participate. And Andre James dealing with a concussion. All those guys did not participate for the Silver and Black in practice on Wednesday. Guys that were limited, running back Brandon Bolden dealing with the hamstring. Jermaine Illuminor dealing with the hip injury. And Neil Farrell Jr. dealing with the shoulder injury. That's the rookie defensive tackle. Uh, he's did, he was on a limited basis. Now, real quickly, looking at Tennessee's side of things, because the Raiders, obviously, that's a pretty lengthy one. Hunter Renfro would be a big deal if he misses the game, and there's a good chance that he will just because uh, he's dealing with a concussion and he's got a clear protocol. Andre James is you know, still dealing with a concussion, and that was from week one. So if Hunter Renfro's out, that's going to be a big, a big loss for the Raiders' offensive attack. Someone's got to step up. Who's that going to be? Could it be T. Billy? Is it Mac Hollins getting more involved? Mac Hollins kind of banged up his wrist a little bit earlier at practice today. Just briefly saw it while we were out there during the stretching period. They were doing some kind of individual drill, and all of a sudden you heard, oh, blank. And then you saw Mac Hollins kind of grabbing his wrist. He got taped up and continued with practice. But, uh, you know, there's, there's that. So, uh, you know, maybe Mac Hollins is, is, I'm sure, is probably fine. But, you know, it's just that was something that we observed at practice earlier today. For the Tennessee Titans, uh, guys that did not participate, uh, Ugo Amadi dealing with the ankle injury, his defensive back, outside linebacker Bud Dupree dealing with the hip injury, offensive lineman Jamarco Jones with the tricep injury, tackle Taylor Luan with the knee injury. Those were the guys that didn't participate. Obviously, Taylor Luan is a big deal right there. And, Damon, you could probably tell me better than uh, anyone else if uh, the other three guys in uh, uh, Amadi, 
Dupree and Jones, how big a deal those guys are if they're out and don't participate on Sunday. Well, Bud Dupree, that's just as big as a loss of as Taylor Lewan on the offensive side for the really? defense to me. It, yes. but he's he's playing at that level again. Yeah, like you obviously you know we've got um Byron excuse me sorry <laughs> you got Byron on the back end and you got Simmons on the defensive line. Wow, Demond, <laughs> Demond let his Demond let his colors uh, really show there. Hey, hey, hey. I just heard a I just heard a we. Wow, I am I'm embarrassed, Raider wow. Nation. I you know we haven't got your predictions yet, but don't worry. Uh, anywho. Yeah, yeah. No, but free. That would be a big loss if he were okay. if he were not to play for the uh, Titans on Sunday. There you go. Well, we'll continue to monitor it. We got the injury report coming out tomorrow. We got the injury report coming out Friday, and then of course, as I mentioned, game status will come up on Sunday, ninety minutes before game time. Now, I wanted you to hear a few sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels as we're going to go fast and furious in this last hour. And the first one you heard Derek Carr. I think Paul Gutierrez from ESPN uh, had the question to him about his comfort level in Josh's offense. Well, head coach Josh McDaniels was asked earlier about where he felt Derek's comfort level was in his offense. Very comfortable. Um, You know, it was a small thing, but, you know, there's a play late in the game last week where, um, you know, he's got tools in his toolbox that we don't use often but he used a couple of them you know back to back in critical plays and um you know made changes at the line of scrimmage that were really good you know and and you and you just sit there on the sideline and go okay like like this is you know we're, we're seeing it right in front of our eyes here so um no I'm very comfortable with him he like I said he he processes it so quickly and then can go out there and, and execute it so um you know, the thing that I think that's the biggest difference for, for this entire group here as we go forward is each week's a little different, you know, and, and it may not be the same exact stuff that we're doing offensively, defensively, or in a kicking game that we did last week. And I think for some people, and again, I wasn't here, I haven't been where everybody else has been, so I don't really know, but I know that for some people in different systems with different coaching staffs, that that's not necessarily as big of a thing. You know, you kind of keep doing what you do and try to apply it each week uh, to the opponent. But, you know, sometimes we shift a little bit more than others, and I think that's the new part for all of our guys. Um, but I think they really like it. I think they enjoy it. There's a, there's a challenge inherent in it. Um, but Derek certainly has a great outlook on it, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in him. Josh McDaniels has a lot of confidence in Carr, and he said Carr has a great outlook on the offense. But you heard there – you heard from the man himself who's running the offense that, you know, it's, it's, it's some different nuances, some different shifts. You know, that's probably the most difficult thing for everyone to pick up. I mean, it's not something that is just, you know, you walk in and say, oh, hey, I got it. I know what to do, coach. No problem. Every coach wants you to do something differently. Everything might have been good a year ago doing something a certain way, but everybody's going to want you to do things a little bit differently, if not a lot a bit differently. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about Derek Carr and how comfortable he is in the offense and how comfortable he is with Carr running his offense. Now, earlier we started the show talking about the new offensive lineman that the Raiders traded for uh, earlier today with New England, uh, Justin Haran. Uh, he's a guy who's got 10, uh, 10 starts over the last two seasons. He's a guy who had 189 snaps or 180-something snaps a season ago at the right tackle position. Obviously, right tackle is a position that uh, the Raiders are concerned about. There's obviously some uh, real-deal issues going on with the right side of that offensive, of offensive line that's got to get fixed up sooner rather than later. But here's just Josh McDaniels talking about the trade for Justin Haran. 
Um, Justin Haran is a guy that I'm familiar with. Just a, an opportunity that, you know, presented. Uh, Dave, you know, talks to a, a number of people, obviously, and uh, was just presented to us in the last 24 hours or so. And um, a guy that we have some familiarity with, uh, has played tackle in games, plenty of games, and, um, you know, so has some versatility, um, young player that's continuing to develop. So, uh, you know, it's a position, obviously, that's important to every team in the National Football League. And um, if you feel like you can upgrade your, you know, your your depth, um, you know, at that position, um, it's one of those ones where you got to think about it. So um, we'll just, you know, let him come in here and compete and, you know, uh, uh, acclimate to to what we're doing and then you know see where it goes but no expectations other than just you know adding a player that we are familiar with that feel like has some upside and um you know look looking forward to develop him i love he said that uh you know he was presented to us in the last 24 hours so it's like hey man we need to get rid of this guy hey the raiders offensive line is struggling let's call dave <laughs> right i mean i'm trying to figure out what that conversation would be like well who do, who needs offensive linemen Oh, hey, oh, we saw what's going on in, in, in Las Vegas. Their offensive line is struggling a little bit. Let's give our buddy Dave Ziegler a call. You know, I, I, can, I can only imagine. I'm sure that's not how it happened, but that just, that's how it happened in my mind. The so. professional way, just about. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, that's kind of how, how you have to look at things, but I'm sure they got that, that, uh, you know, that, that pipeline uh, wide open like some old school TV antennas, so I'm sure that they always are going to reach out and say, hey, uh, this is what we're looking at. This is what we have. Do you have any interest? And go from there. Uh, of course, I'm not on the inside of the walls of the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so I couldn't tell you exactly how it all shakes out. But here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about where Justin could actually play at. The, the you know, when you're a young player and you have, you know, some repetitions on both sides, I think that just increases your value. Um, you know, you, you know, swing tackles aren't, they don't grow on trees, you know. So uh, the fact that he's played in the left, the fact that he's played in the right, the fact that he's played in some big games, you know, I don't think that hurts his, 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 his case here. So, again, I just, you know, excited to add him. Um, he's a good person, works hard, uh, young player. I think his best is in front of him. Um, and just going to try to continue to develop him as a, as a football player. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the swing tackle position, and that's a good thing, man, that uh, Justin has that versatility, play on the left side, play on the right side. We all know where the, the bigger issue lies is on the right side, but, you know, Colton Miller uh, has struggled a little bit at times on the left side, but he's not a guy that they're going to be replacing anytime soon. But, of course, to have that insurance just in case something happens, a guy gets injured or whatnot, that's something that you need to have. So uh, that was the sound bites. That was some good stuff right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. Still on the way, we have uh, Devontae Adams. He was at the podium earlier today. Uh, he talked, and, and one, I'm really interested in hearing from Devontae Adams since he was the first one out of the locker room on Sunday and uh, really got on, on the first thing smoking to get the hell up out of Legion Stadium after that loss. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, hear from Devontae Adams. But before we do that, I want to uh, hook something up, man. I want to give out some stuff. Matter of fact, we're going to give out three different prizes this hour. Before the show's over at 5 o'clock, we're going to give out three different prizes, and we're going to start right now. Matter of fact, caller number nine is what I'm looking for at the 702-365-9200. Want to get you in to win the Ultimate Raiders hookup. Uh, we're going to get you a $35 gift card to the Raider Image, and that – that prize right there, that gift card is going to get you in to win two tickets to the Raiders Denver game on Sunday, October 2nd, plus get you in to win two field club passes and an autographed Raider jersey. All of that just for winning a $35 gift card, just for being called number nine. Again, that'll get you in to win. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 
on Raider Nation Radio. Got more winning on the way. Shout out to my guy, Mickey, who is in to win the ultimate Raiders prize pack hookup. The tickets to the Bronco game on the October 2nd. The tickets to the field pass and the autographed jersey. And now it's got hooked up with a $35 gift card to the Raider image. We got more winning on the way here on this show, not to mention the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. They'll also be getting folks in to win as well, JT the Brick. So uh, a lot of winning on the way trying to get you hooked up. And we'll announce the grand prize winner on the 30th of September. So shout out to everyone so far who's got in to win. Right now, though, I want to hear from a guy that is the alpha dog of the Raiders' offense. That's Devontae Adams. Didn't get a chance to catch up with him in the locker room following the Raiders' game on Sunday with the Cardinals. He was the first thing out of there, but he did step to the podium earlier this today. So uh, here's that conversation with Devontae Adams. That's tough. Um, it's very sensible. It's a lot of football. I mean, you, you, the second part is more it. I mean, it's any any way you lose. Obviously, there's different ways that you know if you're getting blown out. It's I guess a little different sense of urgency. But a loss is a loss at this point. You know, we gotta we gotta figure it out, and the, the urgency is definitely there right now. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot that went into why we didn't win that, fo- that football game this past week. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. So we got to we gotta be on our stuff and get ready to, you know, go out there and get a win now. I know it doesn't work this way, but second half against the Chargers, first half against the Cardinals, you guys are up like 31-6 or 31-7. Mm. So you can put together four quarters of good football. There's no question about that. But doing it, you know, in one game, what becomes a trick? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... What we did in those games is play two and two. So we didn't, we haven't played for it yet. I mean, if you want to put those together, but that's not how a football game works. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to lock in and, and demand it from yourself. Um, every every player, you got to you got to learn how to put the put the, the foot on the gas and and you know, for lack of better words, break their necks. You know, when when you got them in a corner like that. And um, I mean, that's that's the way that, that I've learned to play the game, and that's the way that I hope that this team will play the game. And you know, part of it is. Just, just keeping that mindset, never getting comfortable, just thinking zero zero. Especially at half, you go in there. I know, you know, this game we come in and we're up at half. It's, it's going to be a little different of a feeling. And I like to think everybody kind of had that feeling this this past week. But obviously, we didn't really represent it the way we went out there and played in the second half. So you got to have it in your mind and then go out there and follow up with the way you play. See, every game requires all fifty three guys. We know that. But in a situation like this, kind of bounce back from that game is kind of incumbent on the, the big name star players. Step up and take another ball. No, no, uh, it's, it's on everybody. It's like you said. It's it's not on. It's not going to be on Devontae Adams to go and you know save the the season or save the the game or whatever. It's not going to be on Derek Carr. It's not going to be on. It's it's on everybody. Everybody got a role. I mean, I mean the the game can be won or lost. You know, special teams, one play at the end of the day. You know, so it's it's on everybody to think that you know it's it's your job to do your job and if you do and everybody has that mindset I mean you know you may call me crazy but I think that if any team no matter what team it is in this in this league if everybody has it on their mind that their job on every given play you know they got to give their all whether they're 
play amazing or whatever, if you play as hard as you can on any given play, I think any team in the league will win the game against whoever. If every single person buys into that that way, so you know, especially if you have a lot of talent and you have a, a you know a really good team on paper like what we do, um, you know, if, if everybody buys in and they got the right mindset on every play, and you're thinking about as one play seasons every single time you get out there, which is not easy to do, but that's that's what separates teams in this league is how disciplined can you be and how many plays can you make over and over and not get tired of doing the right thing, you know, time after time, and um, that's what we're working towards. Maybe, maybe, but you gotta. I mean, just because that's just because I'm talking about it right now, don't mean that's what we're gonna do. You know, at the end of the day, so you know, Mike Vrabel can get up there and talk to those boys and tell them it's a must-win situation, or you know, say exactly what I'm saying. But it's on the players to get out there and play. You got to do it. and You got to have that discipline to, you know channel that energy in the moment and that's what it really comes down to it's not about what the coach talks about or what the players get in the group you want to have a damn meeting on the sideline none of that matters it's about what you do it's about it's about how you play not not about who you are to know you as a player uh, how do you take losses as far as especially in games where you don't probably aren't as productive as you'd like to be or like you type to maybe get upset or take some time to think about it then maybe give their call or coach or something like that how do you yeah I'm, I'm more of a you know especially after a game like that where I mean it's just all different types of levels of frustration you know obviously the the part of me not being able to produce the way I expect obviously that's frustrating but it's not even for me it's not just that it's it's the, the bigger picture. If Darren goes out there and has a, a monster game or Hunter, they have a monster game or, you know, the run game is working and it's one of those games where we just pounding it and pounding it, like, it is what it is. I'm not expecting it's going to be like that for me every game. So, you know, if I if I go out and have 20 yards or, or 50 yards, whatever, that's that's not even what it's about. It's about the way that the offense looks. And if, if I can't be a factor in, in the game um, and, and it does look bad, that's when I have frustration about my, you know, productivity. It's not about wanting to be all pro. I mean, I, I hold myself to that type of standard because it helps the team ultimately. So that's that's what's on my mind is obviously I want to go out and have a 200-yard game every single, every single game I go out there. That's on my mind. But but it's not realistic that it's going to be that way. So I just try to keep it in my mind so I can at least hold up my end of the bargain. We have time for one more question. You and Derek obviously have a long history of catching them together. But you haven't been playing teammates since 2013, Fresno. How, what do you see from him in terms of his comfort level in this scheme, in this offense right now? Only two games, small sample size. Yeah, no, definitely small sample size. And, I mean, there's so many things that goes into playing quarterback, man. It's, it's tough because, obviously, um, you know, and, and this is just the way we are as a team. We're going to be hard on each other. If, if he's not comfortable back there, you know, first, second play of the game, he's getting hit. Obviously, that's something that we all got to work on because that helps Derek be able to do his job and be comfortable back there. Same thing, he's not going to be that comfortable throwing the ball if the wide receivers are dropping the ball every single play or, you know, whatever it is, if it's not great calls. At the end of the day, we all got to work together to, to help. And, you know, that's the that's the toughest position on the field to play. So I'm, I'm damn sure going to do the best of my abilities to try to help him make his job as easy as possible. And, you know, the, the same with, you know, the guys up front, the more that they can, you know, stabilize the, you know, the, the pass rush or whatever and, and, and all that good stuff, that'll allow him to be more comfortable. But as far as the scheme, I think he's really comfortable with that it's just a part of you know it's early in the season which is you know some of the stuff that you'll see early that hopefully you won't see later on in the season so as we as we get going and get warmed up more and then like I said everybody doing their job to make sure he stays clean and um, you know has a clear mind to be able to sit back there and deliver
Strong stuff right there from Devontae Adams. I apologize for the sound when it came to the questions. Uh, that's not normally how it sounds, apparently. And I just asked Vinny Bonsignor, they were outside. And so he said they were a, a few feet away from the podium. So that was a little bit different. I haven't experienced that, so I don't exactly know what it looks like. But uh, I knew something didn't sound right when they started asking the questions. I can't hear nothing. So uh, I apologize for that. But uh, Devontae Adams was fantastic. And, you know, he said a couple things that stood out to me in that, you know, talking about guys buying in. I don't know if that stood out to you. I almost had DeMond pause it when uh, he said that because it just sounds like maybe everyone is not all on the same page. Maybe everyone's not all the way bought in. He, he really emphasized, I believe every team in the league could win if everyone does their job to the best of their ability and is all bought in. He said, you might call me crazy, but I think that every team in, any, in the league could win a game if they're all bought in. But I feel like from what it sounded like, and this is just my interpretation, my interpretation it doesn't necessarily mean that it's correct to me. And, DeMond, you can respond if you want. It, to me, it feels like maybe everyone's not 100% bought in yet. Oh, it's also – it's about when another player comes in because let's just say that he mentioned being all pro. But those players, I do think that they have a different mentality. Let's just say let's go – Let's the easy way to say it. He's a 99 on Madden. I know that video game range don't matter. But when you're like the best at your position – you expect, you hold people accountable. People always love to talk about the Jordans and the Kobe's, where it's just like they expected their teammates to be at that level. I think Devontae Adams is that caliber of player right. where you can look at, like, when, you be, when you're the first one in, last one out, and you're the best, you're going to be looking at the other guy that's maybe, hey, you're not even as good as me, but you're not working as hard as me. Going to be looking at him a little sideways. And that guy, maybe you're trying hard, but you're not trying as hard as Devontae Adams, and he's probably looking at you a little bit sideways. I could agree with that. Uh, I feel that way myself, right? I, I'd like to, and you know very well, I like to hold everyone to a high standard, right? You know, I want, I'm going to push the hell out of myself, but I expect everyone to push the hell out of themselves as well, you know, to, to deliver the best product that you could possibly bring. And, well, <laughs> we're not playing football, but uh, Damon, great job. He's got, a, he's got the sound bite again. Let's run it back one more time. Devontae Adams talking about everyone being bought in. You know, you may call me crazy, but I think that if any team, no matter what team it is in this in this league, if everybody has it on their mind that their job on every given play, you know, they got to give their all, whether they play amazing or whatever. If you play as hard as you can on any given play, I think any team in the league will win the game against whoever. If every single person buys into that that way. So, you know, especially if you have a lot of talent and you have a, a, you know, a really good team on paper like what we do. Um, you know, if, if everybody buys in and they got the right mindset on every play and you're thinking about as one play seasons every single time you get out there, which is not easy to do, but that's that's what separates teams in this league is how disciplined can you be and how many plays can you make over and over and not get tired of doing the right thing, you know, time after time. And um, that's what we're working towards. Have a lot of talent on paper like we do. That's what he said. Have a lot of talent on paper like we do. Everyone's got to be bought in. Everyone's got to have the mindset. They don't mind going through the repetition time and over, time again, time again, time again, even though, okay, let's move on to the next thing. No, it's repetition. It's repetition. You got to go all out every single time. You know, and again, I can only compare what I can compare to what they're doing. And the only thing I ever know is what I do now and what we do here as a radio station. And, you know, I say it all the time. If I have a three-hour show, then damn it, the show better be three hours. Great. It better be the best three hours I got in me. I don't care if I'm having a terrible day. I don't care if my wife just left me. I don't care if my kids hate me. I don't care if I'm about to get fired. I better come out and put the best three hours out there because there's somebody that doesn't know me from Adams that might turn it on and say, oh, man, this dude, 
is having a bad day. Oh, this dude's company doesn't do this. Oh, this dude's producer isn't doing what he's No, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, oh, this dude sucks. <laughs> right? I mean, if you just don't know me from Adam, you've never turned on this radio station, and all of a sudden you hear me having a bad day, and you don't know me, and don't know, oh, that just means that Q must be having a bad day. And all of a sudden you hear, and I sound terrible, or the show sounds terrible, or we sound amateurish. What are you going to say? Oh, they suck. And you're going to turn the station and not go back. Simple as that. And so that's what he's talking about. He's talking about you have to give everything you have uh, to the best of your ability. And believe me, Raider Nation, there's days where I'm not at my best. And I know it. I recognize it. But I still will give everything I got because that's how much the product means to me. And at the very east end of the day, I owe it to you and I owe it to the radio station to give the best three hours I got. After that, I can go boo-hoo in the corner. I can go feel sorry for myself. I can go whatever you want to say. You know, I can go night-night. I can go do whatever, you know, take a nap. But for those three hours, you've got to give it everything you got. So Devontae Adams is saying for the time that you're on the field, you're in practice, when you're in film study, you've got to give everything you've got to get the most out of your ability. And if you do that, like he said, any team in the league can win a game. I think that he's absolutely sending a message that maybe not every single person in that locker room is as bought in as he is. And also, I don't think maybe he could have an individual player in his mind, but I don't think that he's trying to call anyone out individually. I do think that this is a whole team message. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that he's trying to make sure that everyone's on the same level, right? And and like you mentioned, you mentioned Mike, you mentioned Kobe, you mentioned the greats. You know, um, they want to push everyone in that locker room to be better, and they expect that. Hey, I expect the most out of you each and every time. And I do, I agree. I don't think it's one individual he's talking about. I think it's a collective. Like, you know, he, he may – and it might be everyone giving everything they got, but he might want a little bit more, and I think that's okay. That's what alpha dogs do. Yeah, because coming from a team where the Packers – the lack of playoff success, be it, but that is a team that was going into every season, Super Bowl or bust, or we're going to be there. This is a team that's always in the playoffs, you know, right there around the corner, a bad break or two. Hey, maybe they should have been in the Super Bowl NFC Championship game or something. So for him, it might be a little bit of a step back to say, hey, man – we should not be 0-2 right now because on paper, we have the talent to be one of the best teams in the league. Right. I agree. Got a text from the 702 here on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. Keyword R&R. Killing it always, guys. Thanks for everything, Q. I hear you with Tay. My interpretation was he was just being the alpha dog, as you pointed out. I think Tay was simply being a dog, something we have not really had. Definitely something that makes you tilt your head and wonder, though. And I agree. When's the last time? No doubt. Let's be honest with ourselves, Raider Nation. When was the last time the Raiders had an alpha dog like Devontae Adams, offensively or defensively? And you can say Khalil Mack, and I, I, mean, I will never disrespect Khalil Mack. I was very uh, angry when he was traded, as many members in Raider Nation were. We can say Khalil Mack all you want, but did he ever, in your opinion, and I'm, I'm asking this as a serious question, not being a smartass, I'm asking this as a serious question, did he ever come out and sound like he was trying to hold a team accountable? To me, he didn't. And, again, not taking anything away from him because everyone isn't the same guy. Everyone doesn't lead the same way. Some guys lead by example. Some guys will come out and say something like we just heard from Devontae Adams. You know, yeah, I almost ran it back one more time because I just thought that that was very impactful what he had to say. Now, I know we can. My man Peg Leg Raider said, yo, how many times did he call out the offensive line? I counted three. So, I mean, and I did hear in the, I did hear in the presser him talking about, you know, he, he's got to have, you know, he got hit early in the game. That's going to make Derek Carr throw the ball. That was a little bit later on in the, in the presser. So, again, I think great players 
and elite players, they will tell you a lot without saying, you know, oh, this dude, this guy sucks, or this offensive line is terrible, or this guy. I think that they'll send a message without having to, to point guys out in particular. Like Josh Jacobs was saying, you know, in the locker room following the game. I think Devontae Adams just did the, the, the same thing. So uh, we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. What are your thoughts on that? Who do you think might need to step up? Do you think that, you know, we're on to something when it comes to what, what Devontae Adams was, was saying? Uh, it sounds like he was being that alpha dog leader and trying to uh, make sure that everybody was on the same page and, and ready to go to battle, right? Because each and every week it is a battle. So let us know, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. As a matter of fact, while you're at it, why don't we just go ahead and hook up something else? Why don't we hook up the book? Jason Reed from ESPN, senior NFL writer. He joined the show yesterday, talked about his book that's out right now, Rise of the Black Quarterback, what it means for America. Uh, call number nine. I got a copy of that book for you right now. 702-365-9200. Call number nine. We're going to get you hooked up here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. The great Lester Hayes, the guy who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Shout out to my guy, Vegas Jess. Shout out to my guy, Mickey. Big Lester Hayes fans. Obviously, there's a lot of big Lester Hayes fans out there, but those are the two guys that pop to the top of my head as soon as I think of Lester Hayes or hear Lester Hayes' voice. It is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Got about 23 minutes left in today's show. Already gave out a couple different items. Gave out the book from Jason Reed from ESPN, The Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America. We got more copies on the way. Uh, of course, we got you in to win the Ultimate Raiders uh, hookup, which are tickets to the game against the Denver Broncos, the next home game. Also, field passes and autographed jersey. Got that hooked up, and we have more winning on the way as well as we get ready to close out the show. But just had a very good conversation in the last segment talking about what Devontae Adams had to say in his press conference. And Devon, Devon before we uh, get to any of the calls that we have and some of the texts, let's go ahead and run that soundbite back one more time for anyone that's just tuning in. This is what Devontae Adams had to say earlier today at the podium talking about guys being all the way bought in you know you may call me crazy but i think that if any team no matter what team it is in this in this league if everybody has it on their mind that their job on every given play you know they got to give their all whether they're play amazing or whatever if you play as hard as you can on any given play i think any team in the league will win the game against whoever if every single person buys into that that way so you know especially if you have a lot of talent and you have a, a you know a really good team on paper like what we do um, you know, if, if everybody buys in and they got the right mindset on every play and you're thinking about as one play seasons every single time you get out there, which is not easy to do, but that's that's what separates teams in this league is how disciplined can you be and how many plays can you make over and over and not get tired of doing the right thing, you know, time after time. And um, that's what we're working towards. Devontae Adams right there earlier at the podium and uh, alpha dog mentality right there as far as I'm concerned. And so I threw out the question, you know, when was the last time that the Raiders had a real true uh, alpha dog leader like that? And not only a leader, but a hell of a player. You know, and I know that it's easy to mention Khalil Mack, but I think he led in a different way than what you just heard from Devontae Adams right there. Big JT from Santa Cruz hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Justin Tuck 
was the last alpha when he blew up on Mac and Seal Moore for celebrating that sack on Alex Smith. I remember that. That was that Thursday night game. The Raiders hadn't won a game yet all season long. Matter of fact, that was Derek Carr's rookie year. And, uh, and Khalil Mack and Seal Moore uh, sacked Alex Smith in the backfield and then started celebrating. And, well, the Chiefs still had an opportunity, so Justin Tuck called timeout. Or if not, they would have got hit with a penalty, and then probably the Raiders would have lost that game. And, man, uh, uh, Justin Tuck got in their business. He gave Khalil Mack and C.O. Moore the business. C.O. Moore, that's a name I haven't heard from in a while, right? A blast from the past. But, yeah, Justin Tuck was – he was a good alpha dog as far as a leader. But at that point in his career, he wasn't an alpha dog as far as a dominant player, right? That was the difference between Justin Tuck as a giant and Justin Tuck as a Raider. And one thing that Devontae said there, I mean, this is the third time we're listening to it, but you hear something new every time. Yep. you got to play every play as it's a one-play season. I've never heard that before. Yep. But that just puts into the emphasis of every play matters. If you just like, hey, you don't get like, let's say you're a running back, you miss a block. Hey, the season's over because you didn't do your job on this one play. Go back to the huddle with that same attitude. He said it's hard. You know what? I'll say this. I'm glad you brought that up. And I know this is going to be painful for Raider Nation to hear. One play, most people say one play is not going to ruin your season. One play ruined the Raiders' season back in 2016. Derek Carr got sacked. Donald Penn gave up one sack all season long. The great Donald Penn gave up one sack all season long. What was that one sack he gave up? The play Derek Carr broke his ankle, and the season was over. Christmas Eve, 2016. They were up big on the Indianapolis Colts, and Derek Carr was still throwing the ball late in the game, and I know that a lot of people were mad about that. And Donald Penn, was, he was shook up about that. One sack he gave up all season long. One play ended, basically ended the Raiders' 2016 season. So that's, that's a great point that you bring up there, DeMond. Um, we got another text from the 925. 2017 vibes? Uh, not yet. I understand what you're saying, but in 2017 there was the high expectations, and the Raiders started out 2-0, and and then they went to D.C., and that's a whole different ballgame. That's a whole different conversation. But I do understand – where you're coming from with that, because the expectations were very high. Matter of fact, I think they were the highest. This, this season, going into this season, the expectations were the highest they've been since that season. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, you have Marshawn Lynch kind of doing his own thing. You know, even though I was happy to see Marshawn Lynch as a member of the Raiders, even at one of his opening press conferences, I think it was when they were at training camp in Napa, and I think it was Scott Bear who asked the question about having the opportunity to – to be a part of this Raiders team that has high expectations, a lot of talent, and he could help put them over the top. And I remember, in, and it, it, it turned me off at that exact time because Marshawn said, yeah, all that blank is good. You know, he, he cussed right there, obviously, and it was on live TV. But he said, yeah, all that blank is good. Uh, but, you know, I'm from Oakland, and uh, this is, you know, I'm living up my childhood dream. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm here. Basically, it was like, this is, this is about me, man. I just want to play with the Raiders. I don't give a damn about them and their expectations. That's basically the, the vibe that I got from it. And that was in training camp, and it kind of turned me off because I thought, wait a minute, man. Like, that's great that you are part of this team and that you could help put them over the top and you're living out your childhood dream at the same time. But, I mean, it's got to be, be a group thing. So that, that, that kind of – that kind of, uh, you know, that, that kind of turned me off a little bit when he had, he had said that. But uh, so I don't, I don't quite have those 2017 vibes, but I understand where you're coming from because the expectations are at the, at the highest since they had, uh, since that 2017 season. Uh, someone in the 408 said, I hope the rest of the locker room is listening because that's a championship mentality. I agree. I agree. And that's why when, you know, the, it was brought up about Kobe and it was brought up about Mike and it was, talk, you know, brought up about those alpha dogs. That's the mentality that those guys had, they never wanted to lose at anything, anything, right? 
I mean, it don't matter if you're playing checkers in the locker room. They don't want to lose. They're playing connect four. They don't want to lose. They're racing up and down the hallway. They don't want to lose. Nothing. You're leaving Lazy Dog at 2 in the morning after being at the Rockstar all night, and you get in a race with DeMond in the parking lot. You don't want to lose. That also popped into my head immediately. (laughs) (laughs) That has happened. (laughs) That has happened. (laughs) It's too specific for it not to have happened. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. Cucamonga Raiders said, I'm in my late 30s. I've been a real fan since the 90s, and it's sad because the only true alpha dog I remember was Woodson, and that was in his second stint. That's a good one, too. Charles Woodson was always alpha dog, right? And when he came back from Green Bay, I know a lot of fans don't like to hear it, but he was even better. Not, not necessarily better as far as a younger great player because, I mean, his, his greatest days, I believe, on the field were definitely in Green Bay. But, man, the dude was, I mean, just his leadership and the way that he went out there and handled himself and, and made sure that everybody was on point. I remember that year he came back, the first year. Didn't he hurt himself? Didn't he hurt his shoulder week one against the Bengals? In, in, a, in a game that they were getting blown out. It might not have been week one, but it was early in the season. And I thought, oh, man, he's going to be out for the season. And that dude played every single game with a shoulder harness on. <laughs> right? I mean, that was, that was incredible. That, that right there was enough leadership uh, for, for me. Also got a text from the 408. Scott Bear, haven't heard that name in forever. LOL. Yeah, I think Scott Bear, he, he used to cover the Raiders a long time in the Bay Area. I think he covers the Falcons now. Uh, but, yeah, I always remembered him and um, – I almost said Faven K, but Faven's from Fox 5, so shout out to Faven. But uh, Fallon, Fallon Smith, uh, who's now, I forget where she's at, but Scott and Fallon used to cover the Raiders really well. And when I was in Texas, I used to always, uh, you know, chime in with them and check out what they had going on. And uh, anytime I'd run into them on the road or something like that, I'd, I'd chop it up with them. But they, they did a great job covering the silver and black. Um, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, what's up, gentlemen? I'm late to today's show, but let me just say this. Let's continue another beatdown on the Titans. No sugarcoating it. We need a win this Sunday. I'm heading to Vegas this weekend for a bachelor party. I'm hoping to meet up with you guys for Sunday's game. Sir Whiskey Ray. Hey, thanks for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And I'll say this, and I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it out loud, but I will because that's just what I do. Um, I'm going to be at the M Resort on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to help out with the postgame show. JT's going to be on the road, so he's going to do the preseason or the pregame show from uh from nashville i'm not going i'm going to stay here in town and i'm going to basically host the post game show following the game so i'm thinking about kind of putting my own little thing together on my own because that's kind of what i do and just having people come and hang out at the m resort and watch the game and then we could do the show afterwards right so uh it's kind of something i'm working on so sir whiskey ray i guess i'm just telling you this over the air instead of like sending you a message or whatever uh that i'll be at the m resort so if you want to come on by uh that's that's where you can catch me uh following the game but i think during the game too because if i'm gonna already be there i might as well go hang out early right and sit in those nice comfortable seats in the little Coors light area right outside the raider tavern and you know kick my feet up a little bit and chill and relax take the Take the wife out for an afternoon, and, yeah, so we'll have some fun. So I'm just going to go ahead and encourage anyone who wants to come on by to come on by. And uh, we'll have our own little watch party without making an official watch party. I'll ask for permission later. Or, no, I guess I'll ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> it's too late for permission. <laughs> I guess I'll ask for forgiveness later. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, what, uh, 
<laughs> that's kind of what uh, we got going on for this weekend's game. So uh, hopefully you have a lot of fun at the bachelor party. Don't get in too much stuff, though. My man enjoys Vegas. I ain't mad at him. Sir Whiskey Ray is always coming to Vegas. He got the Vegas vibes for real. So <laughs> there's always that. Uh, we want to hear from you, though. We got a few minutes left of today's show, 702-365-9200. Again, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Now, Damon, uh, my man Peg Leg Raider had mentioned uh, Devontae Adams. Basically, he felt like he called out the offensive line about three times. And you said, hey, Q, I got that sound bite if you want to hear it when he's talking about Derek Carr getting hit early in the game against the Cardinals. So let's go ahead and run that sound bite real quick. Definitely small sample size. And, I mean, there's so many things that goes into playing quarterback, man. It's, it's tough because, obviously, um, you know, and, and this is just the way we are as a team. We're going to be hard on each other. If, if he's not comfortable back there, you know, first, second play of the game, he's getting hit. Obviously, that's something that we all got to work on because that helps Derek be able to do his job and be comfortable back there. Same thing, he's not going to be that comfortable throwing the ball if the wide receivers are dropping the ball every single play or, you know, whatever it is, if it's not great calls. At the end of the day, we all got to work together to, to help, and, you know, that's the, that's the toughest position on the field to play. So I'm, I'm damn sure going to do the best of my abilities to try to help him make his job as easy as possible. And, you know, the, the same with, you know, the guys of front the more that they can you know stabilize the you know the, the pass rush or whatever and, and and all that good stuff that'll allow him to be more comfortable but as far as the scheme I think he's really comfortable with that it's just a part of you know it's early in the season which is you know some of the stuff that you'll see early that hopefully you won't see later on in the season so as we as we get going and get warmed up more and then like I said everybody doing their job to make sure he stays clean and um, you know has a clear mind to be able to sit back there and deliver. Damon just gave me the three signal. Damon you heard three as well? Yep. There it is. There it is. Peg Leg Raider. Shout out San Antonio, Texas. My man's chiming in from San Antonio. He heard three shots at the offensive line without, you know, without being disrespectful. But, hey, you got to protect D.C. You know, and I, I heard a lot of people chiming in about that, that miss late in the game to Devontae Adams where Carr tried to, to link up. And even I thought as it happened in real time, uh, I thought, oh, man, how did he miss him? He was wide open. How did he miss him? And then that's when Bryce Butler – uh, immediately told me, who was sitting next to me, wide receiver, former Raider wide receiver, also played with the Cowboys and the Dolphins in his career, said, no, man, that was one where, where he was trying to save him from getting blown up. And Devontae, and the reason why Devontae was frustrated, according to Bryce Butler, and we had him on the show on Monday talking about it, the reason why Devontae was so frustrated after that play is because he knew what Derek was trying to do, and he didn't throttle down. He didn't put himself he kind of overran it as well and that's just about getting on the same page so to the naked eye aka my eye you know someone who didn't play the game uh to me it was a miss by Derek Carr to 90 percent of the people watching the game it was a miss by Derek Carr but to someone who played the game at a very high level and understands the nuances and saw the the safety coming up to to lay Devontae Adams out immediately he said no no that was that wasn't really necessarily a miss that was off timing on both of their parts but it was a reason why the ball was thrown the way it was thrown, and it wasn't because it was just an off pass. It was because he was trying to save Devontae Adams. So, uh, again, that's why we you know, reach out to guys like a Lincoln Kennedy, like a Bryce Butler, you know, guys that have been there, done that, because sometimes what we think we see, we don't really know exactly what it is. And I'll be the first to tell you that I don't know everything at all. I will never, ever try to lie to you like that. You know, there's things that I'm learning each and every day still, and that's why I like to listen a lot. You know, the best, I think the best talkers are the best listeners. If you could listen – you could talk. So uh, I, th I thought that was great stuff from Bryce Butler. Um, got another text from the 408. Last alpha dog was probably Gannon. Getting rid of the games from headquarters, pissing off the other players, and turning the franchise around. Uh, Gannon was an absolute, absolute alpha dog. 
There's no doubt about that. That dude, you used to see him getting into it with Gruden on the sideline I mean, because he was, you know, that that's how passionate he was about, you know, getting it done and getting it right and seeing what he saw and, you know, arguing with Gruden and not in a disrespectful way, but, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I used to love the mentality that, that Rich Gannon had. I mean, you want to talk about a real deal leader and also a guy that got it done on the field. That was that was a hell of a player. I don't know if he was the last alpha dog that they had, but, he man, he sure was one. And the, the fact that we can go all the way back to Rich Gannon and say that that was the last one lets you know that there hasn't been very many. It's 2022, and we're talking about Rich Gannon. We're talking about Justin Tuck. We're talking about Charles Woodson the second time. Charles Woodson's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right? I mean, think about that. Woo! I mean, think that, about that. That puts that. it in perspective right I there. I mean, seriously, that's what I'm saying. Like, think about how many, how far, uh, few and far in between it's been when it comes to Alpha Dogs on this Raiders organization. And, and there's, there's so I mean, I've done shows and asked, you know, who, who's the Alpha Dog on the team? I've, I've asked that question before. The Raiders have one now. He wears number 17. And so I'm excited to see if he's able to get all the guys to follow in his lead. You know, every player that we talk to, especially on offense throughout the course of training camp and offseason, hey, how's it, you know, working with Devontae Adams? How's it working with Devontae Adams? Oh, man, the dude's great. He's, he's like a perfectionist. He wants this, that, and the other. If that rubs off on a guy, you don't have to necessarily – everyone doesn't have Devontae Adams' talent. It'd be foolish to believe that. But I always say you don't have to be the most talented dude in the room to still work your tail off. Right? I mean, and that's, that's all – and that's, that's all of us in everyday life. Not all of us are going to have the same qualities and the same, the same talent ability with anything. But as long as you're busting your tail and you're doing and giving everything you got, I'll take that. And, and, and that goes back to what Devontae said about as long as everyone's doing everything they can and acting like it's a one-play season, you're going to win games. But they all got to go out there and do that. I thought that was great stuff from Devontae. It really was, and I know we're not going to get to it today, but Jermaine Illuminor, he mentioned in the in the locker room audio from him and Vinny today where he said, you know, got to eliminate the mistakes. You don't want to always be um, blank in the bucket, as he said. You know, <laughs> over here in America, we say blank the bed. But right. He said blank the bucket, but it's still, it's one of those things where Jermaine Illuminor, he's great at holding himself accountable, but where's, the, where's that difference? I think, think it's going to be a lot for the whole team to acknowledge and find that fine line, as we all like to say about, hey, we, you can acknowledge your mistakes, but how are you going to get better from acknowledging those mistakes? Right, exactly. It's one thing to say my bad, but how are you going to get better from my bad? Right? It's easy to say, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's my fault. Uh, I'll, I'll get better. But if you don't, if you don't improve off of it, then it's just, it's just lip service. And I think that's what a lot of Raider Nation is tired of hearing, and that's why I believe that a lot of Raider Nation questions Derek Carr because they say, yeah, he's on that podium. He says the right thing. He says the right thing, but we don't see it on Sundays. Yeah, let's do it. 702-365-9200. Real quickly, we'll go out to the Lone Star State, talk to my guy, Tim in Texas. Welcome to your, the show, my man. What's on your mind? Okay, how y'all doing? We're blessed. Uh, I know a lot of people don't see it, uh, probably don't see it that way, but I think I used to like Crabtree as the apple dog. Yeah. Because Crabtree was very, very reliable, and to me, he was actually better than uh he was actually better than uh, um, uh, Amari Cooper because he didn't, he had a little bite in it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Hey, good call, Tim. And no, Michael Crabtree was was a, a, a dog, man. He absolutely was. He was he was Derek Carr's go to guy. Amari Cooper, I believe, was more athletic. 
he didn't have the you know torn Achilles. He didn't have the you know former foot surgery. He didn't have the issues, the uh, health issues that Michael Crabtree had. But Michael Crabtree's hands were better than Mari Cooper's, and Crabtree's want to. And that dog in him. He had that dog in him. You're absolutely right. I was so mad when the Raiders didn't draft him. So mad. I just knew when he beat Texas, when he was playing for Tech, I just knew that that was going to be the next Raider wide receiver, except for he didn't run the 40, so he didn't get that opportunity, and they ended up going with Darius Hayward Bay. And no, no disrespect to Darius Hayward Bay, but all he was was an honorable mention at wide receiver, and he was a first-round draft pick. Should have never happened. Should have been Michael Crabtree or a.k.a. Michael Grabtree the whole time. He was that dude. You're absolutely right, Tim. Good stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. That's going to do it for our show today. Make sure you wake it up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Vinny, Clay, Heidi, they're going to get you going. Clay, uh, uh, JT the Brick will, will handle it from 12 to 2, and, of course, we'll close things out 2 to 5 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.